Hey, you. Are you a business owner? Are you tired of the same old look and feel of your organisation? Well, maybe it's time your business had a makeover. Whether it's a new or a fresh logo, business cards, publications, or any other digital design, we know the place. Danny LaRosa Design. Let me repeat. Danny LaRosa Design. Danny is up to the task, whether it's big or small. She's fully qualified in visual communications and vastly experienced across Australia and abroad. We've used Danny LaRosa Design, and let's just say the customer comes first. You won't be persuaded or pushed into a certain direction, but at the same time, if you're looking for inspiration, she's the person you need to contact. Let her brainstorm with you to get the perfect product and outcome that you're looking for. Absolutely. Stand out from the crowd. Don't be afraid of change. New is good. Danny LaRosa Design. Find her on Facebook and Instagram. Her handle is at Danny LaRosa Design. Website www.dannylarosadesign.com Make the change today. What the hell are you waiting for? Salutations, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome again to Turning Stones Podcast. On today's show, we'll be talking about coronavirus. Such a big topic at the moment. Sam, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I mean, yeah, it's it's all over the place, this coronavirus. Um, if you haven't heard about it, you probably have to be living under a rock or, some, or something like that. Um, very hot topic, a lot of uh, information to go through and a lot of uh, theories and whatnot to uh, to break down. So keen to get into this one um, with you, Terry. I completely agree. We've got a good format for you guys today and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, it is at TurnstonesPod. We'd appreciate your follow and also please subscribe and give us a five-star rating to the podcast. Follow us on our journey, please. So Sam, coronavirus, it's massive at the moment. It's huge, the biggest huge. virus going around. It's taken a fair few lives. Um, it's the newest strain of this so-called family of viruses, and uh, yeah, it's it's not great at the moment, and it's gone worldwide. What are your thoughts just before we get stuck into it? Um, yeah, like you said, it's it's huge at the moment. Um, it's yeah, it's obviously affecting a lot of people around the world, not just um, not just from the source, but uh, it's sort of yeah, spreading, and uh, it's becoming a, a world issue. Um, so yeah, I mean. There's a lot around, um, a lot of theories around. There's a lot of figures being thrown around about um, the virus. So um, hopefully we can clear a few things up today and um, get stuck into it and, um, yeah, provide the you know some opinions and, yeah, get uh, into the nitty-gritty. Exactly right, Sam. Just providing the opinions but also providing you with the facts that we have to the best of our knowledge currently as of today. Because there is a lot of rumor and innuendo going around. Um, we're going to dive deep into that. But also we're just going to give you a summary as well of what it actually is. Because a lot of people might just think, oh, it's, it's similar to the flu. In, in some respects it is. But I think it's probably best that we initially throughout this podcast go through exactly what it is. Then after that, then we'll dive deep into some of those facts and figures. And then some conspiracies as to how it came about. 
um, because to this day, um, as a recording today, we still don't have a definitive answer of how it actually came about. But without further ado, Sam, are you ready? Yeah, let's uh, let's jump in. Um, well, how there's no better way to jump in than to start start from the top, eh? Yeah. What's um what is it, Terry? What is the coronavirus? All right. Well, let's uh, let's have a look here. So, coronavirus, according to the World Health Organization, it's a respiratory illness caused by a new virus. So, it's a new strain that has not been previously identified in humans. So, the code for this virus is. COVID-19, that's the official name of this particular strain, um, and obviously the extended version is called coronavirus, and so coronavirus to a lot of people, they may think that that's actually the virus, but coronavirus is actually the name of a large family of viruses, not the virus itself, so it's quite interesting um, that the coronavirus could be the name of a family of, of viruses, so each individual may have just a slight different strain of a coronavirus, but still within that family, hence why it's being classified as coronavirus. Um, and as you well know, that each individual's different from the next. So mm-hmm. it's yep. spreading worldwide. It could actually mutate. So it could go from a Chinese person to an Italian person to someone in Equatorial Guinea. And along the way, it could have new strains each time. It could mutate. It could yeah, then develop into a way where it keeps fighting off any immune system that or any vaccine that we potentially may create in the future. Yeah, right. Okay. That's, yeah, some, some interesting facts there. Um, obviously, I think the media don't uh, cover a lot of those. But um, do we know what, what, are the, what are the symptoms? What do they generally uh, include? Well, usually the symptoms are that there's a shortness of breath, breathing difficulties, Fever, heightened temperature, persistent cough, runny nose, all those influenza-type symptoms. And uh, some people recover easily. Others may get sick very quickly. Um, There is evidence that it spreads from person to person. And they're saying that good hygiene can prevent infection. But uh, I think they're just the safety precautions. Um, And as mentioned just previously, it appears that it is transmitted more easily than related conditions. Um, as this is a new virus, what's new to humanity um, within humans, the concern is there is no level of community immunity. Basically, that's a bit of a tongue twister for you. <laughs> um, basically, we don't have any vaccines currently and there is no medicine out there to fight off coronavirus specifically or the family of coronaviruses. Yep. But taking those safety precautions, a good hygiene, um, and obviously keeping your distance away from those that could potentially be affected and making sure that we're operating and living in a sanitary lifestyle and, and, and location. I mean, they're just all the precautions that we can take, but still, yep. nonetheless. I guess that's why it yeah. makes it what makes it so um, scary for the public, I guess. Um, the, the symptoms aren't, you know, too different to your general um, fluid or cold or something like that. So, yeah, it's obviously um, people might, you know, get a cold and, and uh, get the wrong idea and, and get worried and, you know, jump into the dock and, and think that they've contracted the virus. Yep, absolutely. And so who is affected? Well, most cases of coronavirus, um, 
Well, they originally started in Wuhan City uh, in the Hubei province in China. So most of the cases still to this day with all the data that we have collated and investigated um, are still there in, in Wuhan. Um, in Australia specifically, the people most at risk of getting the virus are those who have recently been to mainland China and also Iran. And then also anyone that's been in close contact who is a confirmed case of coronavirus. So any of those confirmed cases, um, those people are susceptible and potentially they are at most risk as well of getting the virus. So, yeah, just once again, you know, nonetheless, even if you have a, a really hygienic place of residence, you know, you, you maintain all your healthy, clean living standards, it's still not going to rule out coronavirus or the potential, you know, capture of it um, for yourself personally. So they're just the precautions that they that the Australian government and also the World Health Organization has recommended that we take, but still doesn't guarantee us community immunity. So I guess we're I'm just assuming uh, that, well, obviously most cases, as you said, um, originated in Wuhan in China. So we're just... I guess assuming that it originated from Wuhan in China, then, or yeah, so that, that's where they've suspected that it's it started. Um, that's where the most cases are. So I guess with the information that we have at hand, that's probably the best guess is to say that's where the origin was, and that's where the most cases are. Um, yep. So all signs lead to Wuhan, in that Hubei province in China. Yep. Yep. Interesting. So I'm just talking up my coffee. Bit thirsty there, mate. Not just thirsty, but when you've got a delicious, smooth, strong cup of coffee, how can you go wrong? It just provides a lubricant for my throat. <laughs> Lovely. Um, yeah. So detection. What, yeah. How are we detecting? How, how are they detecting uh, the virus? Well, COVID. I don't know what you want to call it. Coronavirus or COVID nineteen. Um, it's such an issue. With detection, this this is the big part, and I, I actually think this is probably the main reason why there's such a over-the-top um, highlight of this virus. I mean, we've had other viruses in the past where you know the media's jumped on the bandwagon and really pumping it into all our headlines, newspapers, yep. you know, shows, yeah. and that sort of stuff, and and probably rightly so that we should be aware of these things. But the biggest thing about coronavirus is not just it's a worldwide potentially pandemic not sure if that's been official or not not only is it we'll just say it is um not just if it, is it a worldwide pandemic and it's a virus that's spread to most parts of the earth and, and to most continents um except for antarctica but that's a whole other ball game um but yeah basically it's such an issue due to the latency of detection once infected so this is the issue symptoms of the infection usually start within 14 days of exposure, so up to 14 days. And, and now I've heard some reports, but I'm not going to um, say it's fact, but I've heard some reports it's taken up to a month to detect oh, wow. coronavirus. So at the point of capture or the point of infection, symptoms aren't shown to the 14th day, up to the 14th day. So between 2 and 14 days is what they're stating at this stage, depending on each case as being unique. So that, that latency of detection is actually quite lethal. So right now, hypothetically, touch wood, um, you know, you or myself, we could have 
coronavirus right now, yeah, and we wouldn't yeah. know for two weeks. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's very interesting, but yeah, it's scary I mean, stuff because you know we could be infecting people within those fourteen days, and we wouldn't even know we have it. Yeah, that's so, true. It, it's that's actually true. quite a intelligent disease, if you could put it that way, where mm-hmm. it it gets into our system, probably avoids our immune system, right? Um, establishes a presence in our bodies before our immune system can wake up and say, hey, what what is this foreign entity within yeah, us? Yeah. And mm-hmm. once it's detected what it is, it's already established such a presence that it's actually going to start affecting us. Yeah. So, yeah, that latency um, can be quite catastrophic. And, and there are other viruses and diseases out there that have latencies even greater than coronavirus. So, for example, HIV, um, mm-hmm. that has a latency of six weeks, um, give or take. So um, those that potentially could get infected with HIV also don't know about it till the sixth week and when they start showing signs of symptoms. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and by, by that point, it's, it's, it's too late. And to this day, HIV, we don't have a cure for it. However, we do have medication out there that you must take to still live a long and healthy yeah, and yeah. prosperous Bit of life. a treatment, treatment for yeah. it, I guess. Yep, yep. So hopefully it doesn't go down that path where we don't find a cure. Um, but in terms of uh, vaccines and, and that sort of stuff, well, I, th- I think we're way off um, because, you know, it's, it's new in humans. Uh, testing on animals might not be great. But, um, yeah, look, I guess we're still in the early stages of it and we're just trying to give you the best summary we can. Yeah, that's right. Um, In terms of uh, how it's spread, well, so far what they've said is coughs and sneezes, basically. That's just to sum it up for you guys, coughs and sneezes. Um, And then just to break it down even further to be a bit more detailed, through those coughs and sneezes, it's those respiratory droplets, usually from mucus or saliva, um, so once you cough or sneeze, they're generated and they're dispersed into the air. And I was actually listening to Dr. Oz uh, the other day on the Today Show in America, and he said that six feet is the distance that you want to be away from someone that could potentially have coronavirus. Or even when someone coughs or sneezes, six mm-hmm. feet is the safe distance. That's the safe zone. So any, any further than six feet, um, those respiratory droplets cannot travel that far. And even if they manage to do so, well – the those droplets that do potentially land on you, then they won't be as infectious as those within the six feet range. So, so do we think just, these uh, mask, surgical masks are, are doing anything, or you know, preventing the the spread? Because I don't know. I've heard from a couple sources that um, you know, doctors and scientists and whatnot. Some some people are just saying that they're absolute uh, absolutely useless and um, don't do much at all. Good question, but what I do know is that these masks, surgical masks, are only basically effective on those that have potential symptoms of the coronavirus or those that are infected with coronavirus. Anyone else that you don't have any symptoms or you're not affected, it's a waste of time wearing it. It's those that have it or potential showing symptoms that they have it to wear it so they stop spreading any potential droplets. And, and obviously breathing and just so that's filtered. But I don't, I still don't think that that is the foolproof no, um, plan no. that we have to stop the prevention of it. 
Yep. Um, Australia has been quite proactive in their approach, having some strict quarantine measures, and I really commend them for that. Yep, I mean, yep. it's, it'd be very unfortunate for those that have been to Christmas Island um, when coming back from China. So before they've even landed in Australia, Australia has gone out of their way. And a shout out to Qantas for organising this as well. But um, Qantas and the Australian government in conjunction with each other have organised for Australian residents who have been visiting in China for them to be immediately evacuated. And they've gone to Christmas Island, quarantined yep. there for two weeks taking all the safety precautions before they can come back to mainland Australia. And our quarantine measures here are probably some of the best in the world. And, and rightly yep, so, yeah, we're man. an island, we're self-sufficient. We just don't want to take anything else in. Um, That's right, it needs to happen. Yep. Let's keep this a sanctuary because it's a, it's a darn good country and uh, some good coffee. Yeah, um, Excellent. it is. So, yeah, the quarantine measures are massive. Um, surgical masks, back to the question, look, it's, it's another safety precaution. It's like cleaning yeah. your hands. It's yeah, like yeah. Using tissues to blow your nose. Um, it seems like people were just a bit, you know, following others and sort of that sheep mentality. Just, you know, they see other people wearing masks and they think, oh, you know, I need to wear a mask too. Otherwise, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this virus. You know, it's, it just seems a bit, a bit like that with the, um, yeah, with those surgical masks. But each their own, I guess. Well, Sam, I think. As you said, yeah, it is an overreaction and also it's, it's like a sheep mentality where everyone's following each other thinking that's the right thing to do. But we still haven't had direct instruction from the government, which I think that's probably the best source to get it from, not the media because they're going to change their story every day, but direct instruction from the government of what to do. We, we have yeah. things in place so far on the websites of World Health Organization and Australia government of what to – Okay, so the precautions to take, but there's still no like absolute direction of this is what you can't do. So yeah. they're basically saying, oh, you know, wash your hands, uh, wear a surgical mask, like take all these safety precautions, but they're not compulsory. Okay, yeah. So it's 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 the discretion of the public. So yeah, you yeah, can yeah. Do it or not, it's up to you. Whereas there's no clear cut instruction right now. The only thing that's been set in stone no pun intended about the turning stones, but <laughs> anything that's been set in stone so far is that if you've come from a coronavirus stricken area back into the country, you may be in isolation for up to two weeks. So mm -hmm. that's the only thing set in stone so far. And I think so far it seemed to work in Australia. I mean, we do have a few cases here um, and I think you'll go into that yeah, yeah. more I'll detail later that. on. Yep. But so we do have a few cases over here, but I think we've mitigated the risk because Australia does a lot of business with China. Um, we have mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, personnel that go to and from we also have a lot of products that go to and from um yep. well it, it's all about from i suppose um because that's where it's wuhan which is in china that's where the the origin of the coronavirus is so far they said that's where it started um so it's, it's anything from those areas or even iran and and, and you're going to go through those areas that are really impacted but anything from coming in that's where the issue is. Going out, well, look, it didn't start here, so I don't think we're a risk. It's just right, yep. we're a risk if we've come from an area that has been at risk. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, the spread of it, well, just, you know, we've been taught this in primary school. When you cough or sneeze, cover your bloody mouth. And then you've also learned as well, once you've covered your mouth to block that sneeze or cough, then go and bloody wash your hands. It's not that hard. And now, nowadays, back when we were a kid, we didn't have them, but... Nowadays, everybody 
third lot has these uh, disinfectant hand washers. Water yeah, free. Right, right. Yep, yep, exactly. And um, yeah, dead old. I mean, it's good stuff. Just get it into your hands and rub it in and away we go. Shout out to dead old. Wouldn't mind a sponsorship, by the way. Um, but yeah, it's it's simple stuff. It's just common sense. Stop panicking. That's right. Um, that's right. You were talking to me the other day about that over exaggeration of toilet paper, rice, and pastas, and oh, it's ridiculous. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit more for me? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't think I need to elaborate too much. But um, yeah, obviously everyone uh, everyone can see on, on the news and whatnot that. Uh, People are jumping into supermarkets and whatnot and cleaning out of the, their uh, toilet paper and um, pasta and flour and all these things. That are, I mean, doesn't make sense to, to a lot of us. I don't know. Obviously, the media's I think, covered this way too much um, and got into everyone's head. And again, that sheep-like mentality when something like this kind of outbreak uh, occurs and it's just people start panicking and then when they start panicking they follow others and i mean i, I don't know who originally decided that oh, i'm going to go to the shop and, and clean them out of toilet paper because i want to have a, a stockpile at home um i'm not sure who did that but uh, that's it's just pathetic honestly um we live in the you know a, a time where you can go online and order your groceries if you really need them so it's pathetic yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think at the same time, it's unfortunate that with such a large worldwide issue at the moment where people are actually dying, some people on the other end of the spectrum are having financial gain out of this. So whether it's, you know, those marketing ads where, you know, we don't know that if when we're going to get the next shipment from China because, say, a product's made in China, i.e. Yeah, like toilet paper, um, you know, Kleenex might just throw an advertising campaign and be like, you know, we have a scarcity of supply, so please make sure you stock up. Just just these little marketing campaigns. Um, That's right, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, with every downfall, there's always someone making a financial gain out of it. And, I mean, where do you draw the line? I mean, that's right. paper, come on, let's, let's be real. And, and I'm pretty sure in Australia we have a fair few uh, toilet paper manufacturers. We, we do grow rice to a small extent, not... Mm-hmm. At, on a large scale because it does require a lot of water yeah, to cultivate yeah. rice. Um, and and wheat, we're, we're one of the biggest wheat producers in the world and, and we, we produce some quality wheat over here and which you can make into flour. But, I mean, let's yeah. just – it's the zombie apocalypse ain't coming, guys. Calm <laughs> I think down, the, media, the media – I think the media is really um, the ones that are trying to gain the most out of this because, I mean – Obviously, you know, when it was first reported, it's obviously it sounds like it's an Australian thing for some reason. But um, when it was first reported, you know, everyone sort of lost their minds and it, it caused a bit of a stir and everyone was interested in, in the stories and they probably, you know, a bit of clickbait on, on social media and whatnot and they probably thought, oh, you know, this is causing, uh, you know, some a bit of interest here from the public. So we're just going to keep continuing this uh, wave and reporting yep. on this until, yeah, and, uh, until it sort of dies down and no one cares about it anymore. So hopefully that happens soon because I'm just sick and tired of hearing about it. I don't know about you, Terry, but that's ridiculous. Sometimes I just choose not to listen to them. Yeah, you know what? The, the, yeah. the beauty of it sometimes is that you've got it on your remote control, you've got an off button and an on button, <laughs> and yeah. uh, sometimes I choose to execute that button and, uh, oh, and go to. and do other things. Yep. Mm. And you know what? Like. 
they would be lapping it up the media. They've got about three, four months worth of material here just to That's right. you know, yeah. pump it into the public and, you know what, change the narrative every week. That's what they love doing. Yeah. Oh, right. it's gone to this country mm-hmm. um, and they're the biggest producers in apricots. So, you know, you might yeah. not be getting apricots next season. They're probably going to be expensive. And you know what? I bet you if apricots aren't affected at all, they're still going to jack up the price next year. Yeah, that's right. You know I what I mean? Like, all these uh-huh. little chain reactions and, and these short-term things that are happening are just going to have for long-term effects. And you know what? Financial gain is going to be made. And uh, there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, it is business. Right. So. Yep. And then at the other end of the spectrum again, um, from what I've heard, the airline industry is going to cop a half a trillion dollar loss in terms of sales and cancel flights because people are are, are fearful of traveling. Um, They they don't want to leave. And and then rightly so, I think the flights into China and, and in surrounding areas, they're probably the logical cancellations and, and logical explanations of why people don't want to travel there i can understand that because personally if i had a trip to china um probably i'd very very well i don't think i could go first and foremost i don't think an airline would take me there but and second of all i'd probably cancel it um but anywhere else in the world i mean like just live life guys that's right yeah take those safety precautions and live and, and and travel to you know a reputable country where you're content with their safety standards and their quarantine measures I mean, if you're not confident in going to a country, then, you know, it's probably not worth taking the risk. So that's right. Just some tips there. And, and some other tips as well to, to avoid this uh, potentially deadly uh, coronavirus. Um, so, yeah, we know how it spreads. But then also, yeah, just apart from those other safety precautions we've gone through, um, avoid and limit contact um, with people displaying those symptoms. So even if it's your own family members, you know, chuck them in the closet and, and put them in quarantine. <laughs> Give them a couple of bottles of water and... A loaf of bread and they'll be fine for two weeks. So, <laughs> nah, don't do that. But uh, yeah, avoid and limit contact with those people, even if they are family. Um, wash your hands quite frequently, as we mentioned before. Um, we all know how to do that. There are instructions. If there are actual some YouTube videos of how to wash your hands, like what a doctor does, and apparently it takes up to thirty seconds to wash your hands correctly and, and thoroughly. So, yeah. if you're in a drought-stricken area, well, yeah, you have to reconsider if. Uh, Water's more important for you to drink or wash your hands, but nonetheless, um, we feel your pain and yeah, just make sure you make that right choice. Um, covering your nose and mouth, obviously that's just a given. Um, and obviously with tissues, please use disposable tissues. Now I know those old school Mediterranean ethnics out there <laughs> love the uh, love the handkerchief, but guys, yeah. throw them away. Yeah. Give them to your missus and just say, no, nah, not today. Yep. Give me a box of. Uh, two ply soft smooth tissues and you know, <laughs> shove it in your nostrils and clean them that way and, and then chuck them out after because uh that's right that's right yeah those handkerchiefs mate they're just a disease in your pocket <laughs> or in your in your top pocket depending where you like to put them um just it's just something waiting to happen there and and, and that's not great so yeah disposable tissues is is what's recommended um avoid touching your eyes nose mouth you know as your hands could be contaminated so before you wash or like after you've coughed or sneezed or touched something you know try and not touch them just pretend you've been touching chili all day you wouldn't touch your uh, eyes nose or mouth um especially some of the chilies i've been dabbing into lately <laughs> um just got a little veggie patch at home and we're growing some habaneros um some scorpion 
Trinidad Scorpions and some Carolina Reapers, and boy, they're nasty. Ooh. Yeah, so I've taken those safety precautions, and I definitely wash my hands, that's for sure, and uh, avoid my contact. So, yeah, do the same with coronavirus. Um, and, yeah, I'd say last one, not sharing. So whether it's glasses, utensils, cups, just don't share with anyone, um, and especially your coffee, if it's a delicious, long, <laughs> strong, tall cup of coffee. No one wants to share coffee anyway. You don't share that. That's... That's not worth sharing. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds like these are all just general, um, you know, precautions anyway for any cold or flu uh, prevention. So I don't think, um, yeah, I don't think it's anything, you know, different or uh, anything. We should be sort of going out of our way to, um, to you know, take these precautions. But obviously, yeah, you don't want to spread any viruses or anything like exactly. that. So, yeah, you just want to still do that at all times um i mean you can't be perfect um you're not no, always going to be able to wash not. your hands yeah so mm. and and th- these are just tips to avoid if you really want it well you're not don't do nothing and just get as yep. close as you, you can to uh, wuhan or to anyone that's infected and just say hey can i breathe in your uh, respiratory droplets <laughs> i really want it and if you are you're a damn fool um <laughs> Last but not least as well, and this is this could be quite a controversial one, but I think it's actually probably just as important as all those other tips for prevention and, and how to avoid is kissing. Now, with your partner, um, the old uh, smoochy smoochy, I don't know. Um, <laughs> if, you just, if she's, uh, well, depending on he or she. Um, That's right. If they've, uh, if they've got, you know, a bit of a sniffle or, you know, they've got a cough, um, I'd reconsider if you're going to give her the old... Uh, <laughs> French uh, smooch tonight, um, and I mean, obviously, that might lead to an argument. Or, or yeah, whatever, but we're not, not, um, we're not marriage or relationship counsellors, but um, <laughs> you know what? Sometimes it's every man for himself, or every man and woman and dog for themselves. And uh, That's right. yeah, you know what? Just reconsider it. I mean, I'm sure with your partner, you've done it before, so I can just take it easy and maybe give it a rest for a night <laughs> or two, and wait till they're fully healthy and confirm that they're haven't caught the coronavirus. Um, but then sometimes, yeah, we can't resist those urges and, yeah, I mean, each to their own. But, yeah, I'd, I'd make sure you exercise some strong willpower and really hold off because it's all about the long run in life. Make sure that longevity. I don't really subscribe to the uh, not here for a long time but here for a good time. I think we can have a good time and a long time <laughs> and a long coffee. But, yeah. Black. Nice. Absolutely. Once you go black, never go back. <laughs> All right, let's. Um, we've we've gone through obviously what what the uh, coronavirus is and um, you know broken a, a few things down. Um, I reckon we'll jump into some some figures. Um, so good time at the moment. At the moment, um, well, this is based on you know currently as we as we're recording, we're not going to know what the um, figure is going to be in a, in a few weeks, unfortunately, but. So at the moment, over 95,000 cases have been reported. Um, so that's within, well, probably just over six weeks, I would say, since um, the outbreak occurred. Uh, at the moment, the, there have been 3,000 or just over 3,200, let's say, um, deaths um, as a result of the coronavirus. So if you break that down into uh, whether, or which countries um, these, these deaths are occurring, China has a total of 2,000, over 2,900. So that makes up for 91% of that total death rate. Um, Italy, 
um, 107, uh, Iran 92 um, and increasing, I, I believe. Uh, South Korea 35, USA 11, Japan 6, um, France um, have 4, uh, Hong Kong 2, Australia 1 at the moment, Thailand and Taiwan um, along with Spain and the Philippines also 1. Um, Just quickly, so, yeah, yeah. You, you being of Italian descent, um, Italy with the second highest numbers of deaths with 107. How, how is mm-hmm. that possible? Now, how, how did they um, come across coronavirus from your knowledge? And, yeah, why such a high number? Obviously, yeah, very, it didn't originate surprising. there. No, it's very surprising. Um, well, when, I, when I heard, you know, a couple of weeks ago that it started to um, affect Italy, um, and it just kept going and going, like the, the number of um, deaths and cases over there. Yeah, it's, it's still a bit unknown as to how it's um, how it's affected Italy so badly. I think um, tourism and and travel has um, really affected it. I think that's a major, apparently that's a major cause, um, especially up up north in the northern regions and the more um, you know touristy sort of. Um, Cities, yeah, areas. There's, um, yeah, there's obviously been a lot of travel, you know, to and from, and um, I think, yeah, it's just for some reason, it's just a lot of people have uh, obviously gone to Italy, and and all, I mean, all it takes, it's like, look, the general, you know, cold and flu, it spreads like wildfire. It's not, um, it's not easily uh, contained. So, I mean, if you don't know, you've got it, and you're traveling, you know, to Italy or going to Milan or something to watch a soccer game. Um, <clears throat> you probably should be heading to Turin to watch Juventus anyway. But um, if you're heading over and you don't know you got it, you you know, you've come into contact with a fair few people. So um, you just don't know how far it's going to spread. But, yeah, unfortunately, um, Italy's definitely uh, copped the brunt of it at the moment. And I think, um, yeah, it seems like Europe's going to, you know, it's going to spread throughout Europe. But we'll see how that goes in the next coming weeks, I guess. I think also with Italy as well, given that they it's such a popular tourist destination for, for all nationalities, and also they do um, have a lot of ports along the coastline, and, and it's probably, you know, with everyone on cruises and that sort of stuff, just stopping yeah. over for a day and, and not knowing if they've caught it from, say, Barcelona, and then they've docked in, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. Somewhere along the coast in, in Italy um, where, you know, that, that's an easy way to spread, where you just you spend a day, uh, have mm-hmm. a look on the ground and you jump back on the boat. Well, that, that's probably enough to spread your respiratory droplets elsewhere. So, yeah, that, that, that's um, it's it's surprising how that figure is is second highest. And and yeah, I mean, yeah. look, let's not say that all the other deaths aren't meaningful. It just to me, just looking at that, that was quite shocking. Um, mm, that to be so up. high. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, obviously China, ninety one percent of those deaths, which is uh, just over two thousand nine hundred people. Um, it's quite significant, but. Just on just being devil's advocate with this, given that everyone's suggesting that and and all signs lead to that it originated in China in in Wuhan, do you think the Chinese government are withholding the real factual information regarding coronavirus in terms of the statistics of who's been infected and who's died? Do you think they're yeah. they're covering it up? I think so. Yeah. Well. Um... All signs uh, were saying early on that uh, the Chinese government were were covering up um, this virus and didn't want to uh, disclose information to you know the rest of the world. Um, so I can't see why they wouldn't 
um, want to, you know, skew those figures and, and withhold um, a lot of figures because, yeah, there are some, you know, rumours and um, theories going around that there are a lot more deaths um, over there in China and cases, but uh, we're just not... Uh, obviously, we can't confirm that, but um, I just think, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Um, they obviously want to protect their industries, protect their um, their tourism and, and whatnot over there. Um, so they just want to obviously, you know, push down the... Uh, the criticism and uh, criticism, and also just you know downplay the the severity of it as much as they can. So I wouldn't be surprised, yeah, if they if they did. Yeah, it's a good point, and and you know as you mentioned as well, um, with the economy, by not reporting the actual figures, um, it, it's not sending such a warning to the rest of the world because obviously I think they've already had an impact in tourism, um, and they've also had an impact with industry with a lot of their um, exports stopped. Um, a lot of those that you know import from China have seized business with them um, for the short term, mm-hmm. uh, for the immediate moment as well. So that's had an impact on them. And I think by reporting the actual figures, you might even send more shockwaves throughout the the world. And obviously, China, a pretty proud country, and you know known for their exporting and their tourism. And and for them, those two major industries to be affected, then it's going to really have some dire consequences for the country and not only deaths, but yeah, industry as well and the economy. Mm-hmm. So yep, yep, yeah, right. not good all around anyway. Um, yeah, no, that's right. Well, um, just back into a few stats, uh, the death rate at the moment, it, well, early on it was 2%. Um, now it's jumped up to 3.4%. Now it's not a, it's obviously not a huge percentage, but, um, if you compare it to the general uh, general flu that goes around every year it's pretty uh, oh well it's pretty much you know three four times higher than that um, at, at the moment so that's why there's a lot of um, alarm and a lot of people worrying about it um, and then also if you break it down um, to uh, age brackets so for people over the age of 80 the death rate's 14.8 percent um, if you are within, or if you're 70 to 79 years old, um, 8%, you've got an 8% death rate of um, after contracting the virus. Uh, and then if you go down to 60, age 60 to 69, you've got a 3.6%. Um, 50 to 59, 1.3%. And for all other ages, pretty much below that, it's all below 1% um, death rate. So obviously it's targeting the um, the older demographic, uh, people over 80, uh, obviously they can't they can't deal with um, these kind of uh, these kind of viruses um, as well as the younger generation. So I think yeah, it's it's pretty important to know that it's affecting. Well, deaths are, are really for people over 80, and apparently also if they've got pre-existing um, respiratory or um, any kind of issues like that, it, it uh, there's a lot more chance or a lot bigger chance that you'll um unfortunately die from from the virus but um if you break that down you know 3.4 percent so if you you have to actually contract the virus which i mean 95,000 cases in the whole world is not a, a huge percentage um and also i mean we were talking about before about the the toilet paper situation in australia here how people are yeah. going nuts and and whatnot um at the moment, you know, if you're in Australia, you've got a very minimal chance of 
let alone well, you've got a very minimal chance of contracting the virus and then also you've got extremely low an extremely low chance of, of dying from the virus as well so i think the media withholds a lot of this information a lot of these stats for their own benefit yep. um just to generate a bit of you know bit of fear-mongering and whatnot just to get the stories uh to the top of the headlines and get people um worried because i mean the more people they get worried the more um i think you know money they can make out of this and um it's it's pretty disappointing that they don't put these figures on the on the headlines and and tell you that pretty much if you're living in australia and you're under the age of 80 you've I don't know, basically got the, a better chance of uh, buying a, a lotto ticket and, and winning the lotto a couple of times in a row um, than actually dying from this uh, virus. So it's, yeah, like I said, disappointing that um, the media is so biased and just obviously filter their, um, f- filter their content that they provide to the public and don't really want to give us these figures that we can actually look at and, and sort of calm people down. It's more like, oh, We'd rather report someone contracting the virus, um, which they have a you know even if they're under the age of uh, fifty or so, they got you know a one percent chance of dying. We'd rather report that than um, tell people that you've really got a minimal chance in Australia of, yeah. of dying from the virus. You know what? <clears throat> from what you've just said, it seems as if you're sixty and above. You know, you've got a greater chance of dying than you do below 60 or you've got an next to no chance of dying if you're below 60. And, and those are 60 and above, even though it's still minuscule. Um, I think coronavirus to me at this stage, from what I've understood and, and, and what they're saying about it and, and what the facts are so far, it seems as if it's just the tipping point because those at 60 and above and, and most of the cases of deaths are above that age. It seems mm-hmm. as if it's all the pre- pre-existing conditions along right. with in conjunction with coronavirus that's the tipping yeah. point to then tip them over the edge um yeah, yeah. so to speak so you know yeah. it, it's um it's known that you know majority of people over 60 have some sort of condition some sort of um genetics whether it's you know high cholesterol blood pressure you know all these all the little things that, that are on the side and then when you you know mix you know a, a coronavirus in, into the into the situation and you create like a bit of a nasty concoction well you know everyone's uh everyone's different and people at that age you know the immune system's not as strong as it once was and they're not as active and precautious as they once was uh, as they once were and so yeah that may just be the tipping point so it may again with those facts and figures we and we can only go off them um but maybe a lot of those deaths as well it's just like how do we know what those 3,254 deaths how do we know Mm -hmm. that each person didn't have something that along with coronavirus yeah that's right so it was the exactly. it was the combination of of a couple of things that that steered him towards death so yeah 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 still yeah. still in the infant stages of uh of all of this but we can only go off those stats and yeah you got yeah you got well, some more for us then yeah well um at the moment uh, well like i said there's there's been ninety five thousand cases at the moment there's forty thousand um cases that are active um and 6,900 of them are serious or critical, um, which is about 17%. So, again, if if you do um, contract the virus, there's not, you know, it's it's not going to be uh, serious or critical. It's not guaranteed that you're going to um, be in that state. Um, 
yeah, so obviously, again, the, the media just choosing to report what they want to report. It's not the um, the end of the world um, virus that they're making it seem to be. Obviously, it's not that, like, you know, we've obviously said there's over 3,000 deaths. It's not, um, I'm not saying, you know, it's 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 not that bad type of thing, but obviously people are dying from it. So anything uh, that people are dying from is not good. Um, but it's just, uh, I think it's getting blown up uh, a lot in the media and obviously... Yeah, there's a lot of other uh, other things in the world that you can you can die from, and um, they're not you know the front page news every day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as I said, if you're not if you're not living or if you're not living in China, or if you haven't been to China um, recently, then there's very minimal chance you're gonna um, contract the virus. And then, as I said, very little chance um, that you're gonna you're gonna die from it, or even be in a serious or critical. Um, situation because yeah I mean like any cold or flu you can recover from it um, it's, it's not the end of the world but uh, yeah it's it's interesting to to have these facts in front of you and and obviously um, a lot of people I don't think would be aware of it absolutely well how does this compare to other viruses I suppose um, and we obviously sort of have a rough idea of where it's come from but coronaviruses, that, that family of coronaviruses, they, the technical term there, uh, zoonotic, meaning that they transmitted between animals and people. So previously, um, so compared to the other viruses, SARS um, that we had a few years ago, that was from civet cats. Um, not too sure what a civet cat is, but let's just say cats for now. And uh, MERS. Um, that was the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, um, mm-hmm. and that, that was contracted from camels. So it seems as if there is a correlation between these sort of epidemics, pandemics, and viruses that have gone from animal to human, and zoonotic is the specific term for that. So that's a new word for you guys today. Um, zoonotic meaning they are transmitted between animals and people. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know where and how it all became, so... Look, the like there's a high likelihood that started in Wuhan, and and how this all began. So, even though that they've suggested it's zoonotic, um, scientists understand that from the genetic sequencing of the virus that it came from animals. So we're just going to go off that for now till further studies have been done until we get better evidence to suggest what it really came from. But from what we have, understand right now, it's a it's a virus that's come from animals. So they've tested a cluster of early cases linked um, to a seafood market in Wuhan. Um, so in this specific seafood market, I, I did a bit of research to see what goes on at this particular market in Wuhan. And they're selling um, slaughtered live animals for food. And they basically, most of the food isn't what we normally see at a Western market, whether it's fish, squid, oysters, you know all the all the common seafoods that we've known to um, see and eat and love and enjoy. Um, they've obviously got a vast array of other seafood out there that they maybe have delicacies in certain countries, um, but just not sort of, I guess, common to the Westerner um, and and to to the rest of the world and. We're not too sure what the hygiene was at these markets and potentially 
the health standards of these animals before they were slaughtered. Because um, in a lot of other countries, you know, animals are, are tested before they're, they're killed and making sure that the the meat and the food is not contaminated. So mm -hmm. it seems as if that this market didn't take those precautions and didn't do the tests. I mean, we don't know for sure, but for a virus to be as deadly as this and to come from there, um, it seems as if those tests weren't done to the full extent, if they were done at all. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it's one of those things where those early cases have suggested it's zoonotic. We don't have any better information to suggest that it came from anywhere else, but it seems as if it's come from animals. Some people have suggested from bats, but I've dived in a little bit deeper and they're not isolating one particular animal at this stage. And they're suggesting that it could be a seafood market in Wuhan, China. All right. So that's, uh, that's, that's all we know so far. That's it. So we'll jump into a few um, theories later on as well. Um, a few, you know, whether, whether they be called conspiracy theories as well, I guess. Um, Absolutely. At the moment, now, we'll, should we jump onto um, how this is being dealt with, the virus? I think so. Take it away. Um, well, yeah, so governments have uh, been providing funding for pharmaceutical company, companies to um, try to develop a vaccine. Like um, yeah, like you said earlier, Terry, it obviously seems like it's pretty far away um, from having a, a vaccine. Um, in, in previously with, you know, cases like, oh, sorry, viruses like Ebola with that epidemic, um, apparently there's no uh, monetary incentive um, for any kind of, you know, pharmaceutical companies to develop the vaccine. So um, not much funding went into it. So, I mean, if you're not going to put funding into it, I don't think pharmaceutical companies are going to be interested in it. Obviously, you know, sometimes they should do it out of the kindness of their of their heart and try to um, develop something for, you know, to, to uh, help out the, the world. But if, uh, unfortunately, money's number, uh, number one priority for them. So... Nothing went into that one. Um, don't so, think pharmaceuticals have a heart. It's just uh, it's all about yeah. the bottom line. That's right. Yeah, spot on. Um, yeah. So at the moment, though, um, there has been some funding from governments um, across the world. Um, so there's a few companies that are actually trying to develop these uh, vaccines and um, even just provide uh, some products that can prevent um, this from spreading and, and whatnot. Um, so there's a company called Inovio uh, Pharmaceuticals who are working with Beijing um, Ad Vaccine uh, Biotechnology. Um, they're developing something called INO4800, which is um, it's it's proven already. They've tested it on uh, the previous uh, MERS virus, which you mentioned before, Terry, um, which is is pretty closely related to yes, the I coronavirus. Did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's pretty closely related to the coronavirus, so they're hoping that that's going to be um, uh, able to to treat the coronavirus as well. Um, basically, it's it delivers synthetic genes into a person's cells. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not a I'm not a uh, scientist or any, anything like that, so I'm not sure the ins and outs no, of it. Not. But yeah, no, definitely not. Um, so, yeah, it's still yet to be tested on humans, um, though, so that they reckon it's not going to happen until later in the year. So, again, uh, who knows where it's going to, where the, the virus and the spread's going to be at that stage. So, that seems like it's um, it's pretty pretty far away. Um, there's another one 
called uh, another company called Moderna Pharmaceuticals. Um, oh yeah, Moderna. Made, yeah, you know them. Nah, just no. Don't say that. It was yeah, they're working on um, another another product there, a vaccine um, to try to obviously deal with it. Uh, human trials on this um, on their specific product are going to be um, or going to be carried out within the next couple of months so that seems like it's um a bit closer than the previously mentioned um vaccine uh once they have you know successfully um tested on humans and hopefully you know it, it's gonna at least help with the situation in some cases then uh, they'll you know get licensing and whatnot and get on the market um johnson and johnson is another one a massive you know um multinational uh corporation who they're working on um a preventative vaccine shot so it could be just like you know your general uh, flu shot that you get every year um again we've said it already that you know this virus is it's very similar to you know um your general uh, flu that goes around it's just obviously a, a more um you know a, a tougher thing to deal with because we don't have a vaccine for it and we don't have a treatment for it so yeah um johnson johnson they make good baby powder as well (laughs) yeah they do that's right they they make a lot of things so hopefully Mm. they can come up with something um and that will you know calm everyone down a bit um but yeah also um other you know we've seen on the news countries are um closing their borders to china um, they don't want people traveling in from China, or if they do, then they're going to be quarantined, um, like you mentioned previously, Terry. But yep. everyone's, uh, you know, sort of cutting ties at the moment with China. Um, and also in Europe, it seems like uh, European countries are, are starting to close borders um, because of the outbreak in Italy, because it's getting worse over there. So obviously in, in Europe, um, it's... It, it's a lot easier to spread in Europe because they're so uh, the countries are so close together, and obviously, you know, people drive to different countries and whatnot. It's easy for it to spread there. So, I think they have to be very careful in Europe. And also, from what we understand as well, is that there's been some major sporting events, uh, whether it's been games in Italy in the Serie A and, and other sporting events around the world. And I'm yep. pretty sure Australia versus Matildas in Vietnam. Sorry, Australia Matildas in Vietnam, the women's soccer team. Um, they're playing behind closed doors as well, so they've excluded for people to be attending to those events just for those extra safety precautions. And you know what? Yep. <clears throat> um, it's a gutsy move, but it's it probably is, the yeah. right thing to do as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, even um, motorsport, um, Formula Ones have, have cancelled the Shanghai um, Grand Prix this year, um, and also the MotoGP has uh, postponed its start as well. So, yeah, they're taking it very seriously um, in the sporting world. Obviously, there's a lot of money involved with, with sport, and um, especially soccer, so they don't want a team or they don't want yeah. a single player getting you know contracting the virus because it could be devastating. I mean, if you're Cristiano Ronaldo getting paid uh, millions of dollars, um, the club probably doesn't want to be paying him millions of dollars while he's uh, in a hospital or something. So that's, that's Very fair good enough. Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know how it's been dealt with, but what about the impacts on the global economy, Sam? I mean, surely there's. You just mentioned the dollar value of you know the costs that it would cost Juventus to pay Cristiano Ronaldo, say he was sick and and just yep, sit yep. at home in quarantine. But what about the rest of the world? Like, 
how are they going to be affected by this? Um, well, I think, uh, again, the media has covered this pretty thoroughly as well. Um, stock markets have, have just plummeted all over the world. Australia, um, in the US, you know, um, this virus is just sort of, you know, affecting everything. Um, I is mean, that investor confidence, do you think? I, I think so. But then also, well, it definitely would be a major factor. And it, then it, it could, you know, it's got sort of indirect links to um, the actual companies that are listed on the uh, stock exchange. Um, you know, like in Australia, we've got Qantas and Virgin Australia who are listed on the stock exchange on the ASX here. Um, their share prices have been plummeting um, because well, obviously people are not wanting to travel. Um, so their revenue is going to be oh, it's significantly less than in previous years. So people are just you know, going nuts and selling, selling off, and um, even places like uh, Flight Center, um, they're going to be uh, very heavily impacted by it um, because you know no one's going to want to book um, flights and and packages and whatnot at the moment. I mean, to me, I don't think it's an issue, but obviously, yeah, the rest of the world is just reacting reacting um, to everything that's going on. Um, even in the US, companies like Apple and MasterCard and United Airlines, again, another airline, um, they've already warned the public and, and the market that there's going to be a reduced, uh, well, there's definitely going to be a reduction in profits um, from this outbreak. And it's just caused, you know, a market that in, in the US has been really good for a while. Is, is It was at previously at highest points or the highest points has ever been in history, um, all of a sudden to, you know, have a mini crash and um, talk about, you know, in Australia or even about recession and, and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, it's obviously tourism is is going to be heavily impacted in Australia. I think I heard the other day they were saying, um, along with, you know, the, the effect of the coronavirus and also the previous bushfires and, and whatnot, um, apparently, you know, travel and uh, tourism's down about 70%, which is huge. Really? Um, yeah, so it's just a combination of, of all those things for Australia, I think. Um, also, airlines now, you know, cancelling flights to certain destinations. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just not going to be viable for them to um, still fly to, to, you know, regions where or even in, in Asia that are close enough to um, China that, you know, no one's going to be flying on. It's just going to be costing them money. Um, the uh, major economies like Australia and the US, they're trying to, to cope with it. Um, they've, they've dropped the interest rates um, of the Reserve Bank here in Australia. Um, again, which they're already, or now they're even lower, but they're already at um, all-time lows. They're trying to do that to avoid a recession, but it's it's seeming like um, the Australian economy has really um, copped a beating. So a lot of talk that there's going to be a recession. I'm not sure if there is. I don't know. It could be, again, media, media hype and media um, just trying to influence people, um, but it doesn't look good. Um, now, in China, obviously, where it's originated from, this virus, their production has has uh, almost come to a standstill in, in some regions. Yeah. Um, and there's obviously causing a lot of 
a lot of shortages um, around the world because I think China is the biggest manufacturing uh, country in the world. There's, yeah, there's obviously a lot of chain reactions when China shuts down production. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of shortages. So, yeah, in a global, um, you know, a global aspect, it's just it's really bad. It's having a really bad effect on it. <clears throat> um, closing borders to China and whatnot, it's just, yeah, it's really causing issues. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Absolutely. And, <clears throat> I mean, as you said, there, there is a, the, the media is sparking the fear amongst the world. But, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've just recently come back from a cruise um, yep. amidst all the, the the news of coronavirus. I'm pretty sure you even had a, a cyclone slash hurricane um, potentially yep. affect that trip, but you come back in one piece and you had a ball of a time. So, I mean, yep. <clears throat> I don't know why media is trying to paint, paint the picture. Uh, we still need to live our lives. Um, obviously, again, take those safety precautions. Um, use the travel smart websites from, from your local governments and, and just really, you know, do your research. But at the same time, if you want to go somewhere, you want to have a good time, um, more than likely you're going to go and you're going to have that good time. Um, That's right. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't discourage uh, people from, yeah, traveling um, as such. I mean, you can actually get really good deals at the moment, you know, a lot of places slashing prices. So um, take advantage of it if if, uh, you can. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're you know, can't afford it, just chuck it into your mortgage, low interest rates, mate. Can't go wrong. <laughs> that's, that's, it. Uh, that's not financial advice, by the way. No, yeah, don't uh, don't go tell anyone about that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I reckon, you know what, Let, let's get into some conspiracy theories. We, we've touched a few yeah, along yeah. the way. Um, we, we've obviously discussed the Chinese uh, withholding information, so the government obviously being accused of covering up the virus outbreak um, from the beginning. Yep. Um, the accusations of death and figures on the cases of the virus have been false or, or misleading, so they may be only disclosing maybe 5% of the, the total deaths that they've incurred. I've heard rumours up to 100,000 deaths. However, you've just stated to me um, that they've only had around just over just under 4,000 deaths. Um, yep. So they're really understating that if that is true. But, I mean, that's just rumour and innuendo. That's conspiracy theories um, in regards to that. Uh, one that I'm really interested in is the pollution and death in China as a result of the virus. So obviously we know that the air quality in some areas of China is the worst in the world. Um, yep, yep. And with the coronavirus coming you know coming alive um from the start of the calendar year basically industries dropped off a fair bit um the demand for you know exports from china um has dropped off and and there's been a a lowering in demand from china so a lot of factories have either reduced production or just completely closed down because they've had obviously excess stock to still supply that export um, but and they have no need to manufacture it in the sh- short term. Mm-hmm. And from suggestions and air tests and um, even the EPAs in, in local jurisdictions, they've even reported that basically there's been a, a massive reduction in pollution in China. And if you actually weigh it up, that the deaths, the deaths in total in China on a week-to-week or a day-to-day basis have actually dropped off since coronavirus has actually come in. And... It, I mean, if if you want to look at it from you know the other side of the fence as devil's advocate, you could actually say that coronavirus is potentially a blessing in disguise. Whereas that since the coronavirus has come into play, mm-hmm. industries dropped off, pollution's dropped off, and total deaths has also dropped off. So 
pollution is one of the bigger killers of of Chinese residents each year of poor air quality for a sustained period of time. And we're not talking about like you know a day to poor air quality. It's it's years and decades of poor air quality mm, has right, just yeah. gives you respiratory illnesses and that sort of stuff. And given that the pollution's dropped off a fair bit, um, and coronavirus has gone up and and there's been deaths with that. From the facts and figures that I've come across, it seems as if overall mortality rates have have decreased since coronavirus has come about. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, that's an interesting one, I think. Um, Very interesting, yeah. I mean, you don't want to say it, but I'm saying, like, could this have been planned? I mean, just some of these questions of having, you know, reduced deaths due to the virus outbreak and, and the factory closures. I mean, what do you have to say? Um, yeah, I think oh, it's it's um, yeah, it's unreal that the figures are the way they are at the um, you know at this stage. Once the, or now that the coronavirus has set in, that yeah, like you said, um, less less deaths overall, which is yeah, it throws a few questions around. But um, yeah, I mean, we're we're here to discuss the theories. We're not here to um, prove or disprove these theories because I mean, if we knew, we probably wouldn't be talking about it um, here anyway. Um, we'd probably be within the the Chinese government. But anyway, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, Who's to say we're not? Well, I'm not. I don't know about you. No. Um, yeah. Like so <laughs> the Chi- obviously, um, yeah, the Chinese have been accused of um, withholding information as well. So, sort of a bit of uh, a bit of trust loss um, with the Chinese government. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, I mean, who knows if anything else will come out of there? Because seems like China, China's you know, pretty tight with the uh, information that comes out of there anyway. So I don't know if we'll ever hear... Um, the real truth? Yeah, the real truth or much more on that one. But um, another theory that's being thrown around is that, uh, well, it sort of ties in with that, has the virus uh, been made by humans? Uh, so you look at the affected countries... Man-made, you say? Well, man-made, yeah, that's right. Um you look at the countries that have, have been affected, China, obviously number one. Um, Iran is really highly up, you know, is up there now too. Um, you know, look at recent history between, say, the USA. Not We're not uh, accusing them, but look at the USA and China have had pretty, you know, some tough dealings with uh, trade and whatnot recently. With Lots, um, of, lots of political conflict yeah. at the moment. Yep, Donald Trump and, you know, he's trying to protect his industry and whatnot from China. So they've got a, a, f- a little bit of a feud going on there. Tie that into Iran. Obviously, we know um, not long, not too long ago there was, you know, almost a, a war breaking out between the USA and Iran as well. So I don't know. Is it a coincidence that uh, both Iran and China have been almost the, the, the top or China, definitely the top. Well, two, of, two of the top three countries that have been affected yeah. are China and Iran. And yeah. basically, who's to suggest that this is not something that hasn't been engineered by the USA to affect those countries, not only their people, but also their economies. And I think that's where the real targeting has been because as it's, it's evident that the Chinese economy has suffered quite a fair bit, whether it's in tourism or industry and exporting. Yeah. Um, they've copped it and... You know what? Donald Trump's all about. He's very pro-USA. He's very proud of his country, and and he's he believes that everything can be made, and we, we, there's no need for importing. Um, mm-hmm. And what better way to promote that than obviously get rid of those competitors 
that we import from and just really promote those that we internally produce in the country. Um, and then also when you, you throw Iran in there into the mix because they've had a few military conflicts over the years and they've had a very love-hate relationship and it looks like it's at the hate spectrum of that relationship at the, at the moment. Um, yep. Look, it, it's interesting. So, so many things out there that we think that, you know, potentially it could have been influenced by you know, certain governments and, and individuals, and, and, and this is this is another one. I mean, there's a lot of scientists around the world. I've got a good mate who's a doctor and he's a scientist, and you know what? We really don't know what goes in those labs. I'm not suggesting that any scientist out there is dodgy or, you know, conspiring against certain um, countries and, and organizations or governments, but, you know, <clears throat> when you're dealing with chemicals and, and, and conducting experiments all for the better of humanity, some people out there just don't have that sort of, gracious peace of mind to you know i guess further humanity and they they want to they want to create some evil but i mean there's always evil in the world there's no denying um we can just look at our history and our modern history you know with, our, with the last couple world wars and you know the 9-11 stuff and all that sort of things that's, that's gone on um there, there's always going to be evil unfortunately so i guess it, it can't be ruled out but it, it seems very low likely that this would be man-made um because if it was obviously you know some americans have died um unless those that have you know engineered this specific uh, disease have just tolerated that there's going to be some collateral damage that there are going to be some civilians of our own country dying but it's all for the greater good of impacting other economies now hopefully that's not the logic that they've got or hopefully they haven't created it at all but it's just something that needs to be thought of and that's something that we've thought of um that it could be man-made and thanks for bringing it up yeah well on the other side of of, you know complete opposite of being man-made um another theory being thrown around which has you know obviously been said to be a bit far-fetched is um has the virus come from outside of the earth's atmosphere um from uh well other other beings or another place or anywhere else um so you're saying extraterrestrial oh well possibly that's that's what's been thrown around um wow ancient astronaut theorists have said in the past that uh they believe some viruses have traveled into or from external sources and and entered the earth's atmosphere um that you know that's the only way to explain a, a couple scenarios but how, how have they entered our atmosphere from outer space how, how can that happen well, apparently, uh, even scientists are agreeing that um, bacteria and and uh, you know a, a living organisms can actually survive um, in outer space. Um, apparently, uh, on the International Space Station, there was some kind of uh, plankton or some kind of uh, living organisms that were on the external windscreen of of the uh, space station so there's there's a bit of proof around that there is life out there that can survive so apparently well this is not my theory but you know people have thrown around um the idea that it could have been sent from extraterrestrials it could have just traveled from another planet and you know sort of entered the atmosphere that's obviously far it's pretty far-fetched but um yeah worth uh, worth a mention what what vessels are they traveling on? Do you think like comets or asteroids or any any like space debris that enters the atmosphere that's not burnt up? Is that the way yeah, it, yeah. it's been traveling? I think yeah, it 
definitely um well it, it's been proven again scientists have have uh, found you know living organisms and whatnot on comets on uh, asteroids that have entered the earth so um some would say you know it, it, can it happen ancient astronaut theorists say yes very good like that but no look as far-fetched as it is it, it shouldn't be ruled out i mean you know Earth itself is a sanctuary in our own solar system. So far to the knowledge today, we do not have any other signs of life in our solar system. Beyond that, we don't have the technology available to detect if there's life elsewhere. We can detect if there's habitable planets and, and that, that sort of stuff, which is a whole other it's a whole other podcast in itself. But oh, definitely. And and we have found little traces of living organisms and and so on and so forth at Mars and you know on Saturn and whatever, but. I mean, so far, unless it's been engineered here, where else could it have come from? And, and you know, because I think we're still in the infancy stage of humanity, or we we know so little about what's out there. So this is not a theory to just just throw away in the bin. It's a it's a theory right. to consider. Um, yeah. Like we we have water control between countries um, to see what comes in and out of our countries, but what we don't have is water control to see what comes in and out of our planet, do we? We, we no, obviously have no. like space stations that are sort of surveying what's around us and, and maybe just have it conducting experiments. We have satellites up there. Um, and I'm guessing a lot of the military would, you know, have radars to see what's coming in and out of our airspace. But what happens if we don't have the technology to detect things that cannot be traced? So yes. that's, that's the other thing. So who's to say that we haven't? cop a lot of stuff and a lot of infections and diseases and you know plagues and all that sort of stuff from the sky that's come from somewhere else it, we just don't know and as i said it's a it's a whole other podcast talking about that's right that we'll dig stuff deeper later on um into that Actually, topic i reckon stay tuned. that's right well on the i think on that note i mean we were gonna you know jump into a bit of uh media talk and whatnot but you know i don't know about you but i'm sick of hearing about this toilet uh, paper and rice um debacle that's happening in the in the shopping centers and whatnot so i don't think we need to jump into that and give them any more um exposure than than they need yep but i think the one entity the one organization that we do need to give exposure to is the turning stones podcast i mean we're doing this for free for you guys so the least you can do is give us a follow on instagram and twitter at turnstones pod that's our handle um so we'd appreciate your follow, making sure that you subscribe to this podcast. We're going to give you a new episode as soon as we can. And it's going to be fresh content. It's going to be quality content. We're going to give you the facts, figures, opinions, and conspiracies of every matter that we cover. So we appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening. See you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>